Colin was a friend of mine. He drank too much. And underneath it all was a raging thirst. A thirst for love, for forgiveness, for approval. A thirst to be worth something. A thirst to matter. Hello, I'm Richard Fox. Welcome to Messages of Hope. Are you thirsting for love, forgiveness and approval? Trying to quench those thirsts can be difficult, but there is a way. I'm Richard Fox from Messages of Hope. A refreshing drink can quench the thirst from a long hot day. But what can quench the thirst for love, forgiveness and approval? My guest today, Noel Jew, is sharing stories that offer hope to quench those thirsts. Thirst is something Australians know a bit about. For a hard-earned thirst, you need a big cold beer. And you probably know how the rest of it goes. And those of us of a certain age might remember the soft drink ad, light on the fizz so you can slam it down fast. And how good is it to have a long cold drink at the end of a long hot day? I live in tropical North Queensland, And I tell you, there are few things in life so satisfying. It's something to really savour, and my mouth's watering just thinking about it. But even though we know the satisfaction of a thirst-quenching cold drink, we rarely experience true thirst. People who've been close to dying of thirst, sailors lost at sea, POWs during the war, desert explorers, they can't forget it. The pain is indescribable. It's not just the physical symptoms, which are pretty horrendous. Swollen tongue, heart racing, blood pressure dropping, delirium, splitting headaches, seizure, kidney failure, and then eventual death. But the raging, incurable, unquenchable thirst itself, nothing can relieve it. And if and when help comes, rehydration has to be taken very carefully. You can't make the intravenous fluid light on the fizz to slam it down fast. It has to be a gentle process. The healing takes days. Crucified men knew the pains of such a thirst as this. It's understandable. The loss of blood from the whipping before the crucifixion and the blood loss from the crucifixion itself, hanging from the cross in the hot sun, sweat pouring down because of the pain and because of the strain of simply trying to breathe. Yes, crucified men were thirsty men. They would have given anything for a drink of water. Jesus knew the horror of such physical thirst, but he also knew more, much, much more. Colin was a friend of mine. He drank too much. He started drinking too much when he was in his late teens and by the time I knew him, he was an alcoholic. There's no way around it, no other way to describe it. Here he was in his mid-thirties with a sclerotic liver and his life in tatters. We talked long and often. I met him when he was in a dry spell. Reflecting back on that time, Colin said, I was a dry drunk. You can be a wet drunk or a dry drunk. 
inside, nothing had changed. I was just as angry. I was just as bitter. I was just a dry drunk. I bottled it all up until the cork blew. And then I hit the bottle. He'd been through a rehab program, but had relapsed more than once. And when I first met him, he was a dry drunk. But a few months later, he was a very wet one. One day, they found him passed out in the gutter, not far from his front door. He had tried to make it back after a bender and didn't get there. I saw him in the hospital a day or two later. He told me, What they say is true. One drink is one too many and a thousand's never enough. He told me of the crowd he'd been with and how they, all on a bender together, had egged one another on. He spoke of how he vented his spleen when he was drunk and how the drink numbed his pain. But it was also a physical addiction. The patterns had to be broken. The dependencies had to be named again. And underneath it all was a raging thirst. Not a physical one, but a spiritual one. A thirst for love, for forgiveness, for approval. A thirst to be worth something. A thirst to matter. A thirst to love. Isn't it a curious thought? Lots of us are drinking ourselves to death because we're thirsty. And a thousand drinks are never enough. That raging, unquenchable spiritual thirst underneath Colin's bender, that's what makes us really thirsty. You're listening to Messages of Hope. And my guest today is Noel Jew. He's sharing stories about where to find the thing that can truly satisfy us deeply within. One day, a woman came to a well in the middle of the day. Like Colin, she too was thirsty. Thirsty for love and thirsty for respect. She was so thirsty she had had five husbands, and the man she was now living with wasn't her husband. Jesus offered her water, not from the well she was standing next to, but from the well of his own life. He offered her living water, water that she could drink from and never thirst again. We don't know her name, but we do know what happened. She found living water that day. She left her water jar where it was and told all of the blokes in the town she came from about a man who could give them living water. Colin's problem, her problem, your problem and mine is that we've tried to quench our thirst in the wrong places. We've gone to wells that have dried up. We pull up buckets of dust, thinking they'll quench our thirst. We feed on ashes. We go home drunk and we're still thirsty. Jesus knew the raging thirst that Colin battled with. He experienced the emotional dislocation and the pain of the woman's search for love. That's what his cross was all about. He sat in our ashes. He became the dust bowl of our broken relationships. He left the well-watered gardens of his father's house to wander out into the desert to find us. And he found us where we were, laying in the dust of death. And the dust of death is the driest, most desiccating place in the whole universe. Yes, he had a raging physical thirst on that cross, 
But the indescribable pain of his suffering wasn't that. It was the spiritual thirst of being cut off from God. He was abandoned, cut off from life and hope. He was delivered over to the haunting and howling wasteland of our own hearts. He experienced all the pain that we experience, and more. He couldn't even try to satisfy his spiritual thirst. He was pinned to a cross. He couldn't move. He couldn't go to the pub to drown his sorrows. He couldn't lift a finger to help himself. And though he didn't move an inch physically on the cross, mentally and spiritually, he was cast into the outer darkness. He was utterly alone, lost in the driest and most deadly place of all time, with not even a drop of water for his parched lips. Why? To find us, to bring us home. He met Colin there even before Colin knew that Jesus existed. He met you and he met me, and with the last ounce of his strength, his pierced hands lifted us up to God. He was buried in our ash heap. We were lifted to the light, to the rivers of living water that he had left to find us. That's why he cried out, I thirst. Though he didn't move an inch, he had been on the longest journey of all time to find you, to rescue me, to meet you face to face. And now risen from the grave, Jesus has rivers of living water for you and for me to wash, to heal, restore and to quench our thirst forever. You've been listening to Messages of Hope. For more about quenching the thirst for love, forgiveness and approval, go to messagesofhope.org.au or for a free booklet, call us on 1800 353 350. That's 1800 353 350. I'm Richard Fox. I hope you can join us again next week for another message of hope. Real hope to cope with life's challenges.